Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to join me today on my podcast. I'm continuing my important teaching series on a study of the Ten Commandments. In our last meeting together, I explained commandment number three, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and explained the ramifications of what that meant and how we should not do that as Christians. Today, I'm going to examine a very controversial commandment, commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What makes this so controversial is that one day of rest set aside. Does that apply from the Old Testament law to us today as Christians? What does it mean, Sabbath? And what day do we observe that? This is very important, and we're going to learn that there has been lots of ink spilled over this topic, where certain groups like the Seventh-day Adventists teach that the original Sabbath day was Saturday, the only true day of meeting to worship, and it was changed by Constantine in the 4th century. And Christians that meet on Sunday instead of Saturday, well, they're going to be in danger of taking the mark of the beast. How devilish that is that we are in such consternation for taking this commandment and changing it. Well, that's the teaching of the Seventh-day Adventists, but it it bears directly on what we're talking about today, remember the Sabbath day. So the question is, what is a Sabbath? Which day? Is there a certain day that we should meet? Or we're in error of disobeying God? And how do Christians look at these Ten Commandments and how they apply to us today? Well, if you followed this series at all with me, I've explained to you very carefully that the Ten Commandments are the Old Testament law shows us our need for a Savior simply because no one keeps those commandments. That doesn't mean the law is not holy, it certainly is, but the law was given to point us to our need for a Savior who would come one day, that is Jesus, who perfectly kept the law and died in our place as a sin offering and provides that righteousness that we need. However, Even though that is absolutely true, as Christians, when we examine and study the Ten Commandments today, we don't say, well, that's just Old Testament law, it doesn't apply. The Ten Commandments is a moral guide, a compass for the Christian to instruct them on how they should live and behave. This is God's holy law. As long as we keep in mind that the law never sanctifies or justifies us. Our righteousness is a free gift by believing in Christ. The law shows us the condemnation and the state of death that we're in, and it points us to one who perfectly kept the law. That is Jesus. Now, I want to look today at the Old Testament setting for the fourth commandment. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, 
or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within the gates. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So this is the setting for the fourth commandment from Exodus chapter 20. But I want us as Christians to keep in mind something. Early on in the Christian faith, there were Judaizers. They claimed to follow Jesus as the Messiah, but they wanted to heap all kinds of rules and laws on Christians, teaching them that unless you're circumcised and you keep the law, you're really not a Christian, you're really not saved. And so they would come into the church and heap all of these instructions and laws and put burdens on Christians. And Paul dealt with this idea of the Sabbath, a certain day. He says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Notice Paul says, this judgment that's being heaped on you, don't let it disqualify you. Don't let someone teach you about a certain Sabbath day. He says, those are all shadow of the things to come, but what does he say? The substance belongs to Christ. Okay, so how can I look at that, that instruction from Paul, look at the fourth commandment, and what do I say about that? I want us to understand something about the Sabbath. As we look in the Old Testament specifically, we're going to discover that there was a Sabbath, if you will, a Saturday, a day set aside for rest. It's a very helpful thing if you think about it, practically speaking, for health reasons, a day of spiritual and physical rest. That's a good idea. And God does provide us a day where we can set aside our time, but it's set aside for a particular purpose, of course. But what does this whole concept of the Sabbath mean? Is If you look in the Old Testament, there is a teaching about a day of rest. And I believe it's talking about Jesus as the ultimate Sabbath rest for Christians that fulfills, if you will, the fourth commandment. The key to understanding how Jesus is our Sabbath rest, if you look at the word in Hebrew, sabbat, it means to stop, to rest, to cease from work. You, you think about it, and when you do a study, the Sabbath goes back to creation. So here's what happened. Here's how this all came about. After creating the heavens and the earth in six days, God rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that God was tired and needed a rest. God is all-powerful, omnipotent. He never tires. You know, he never needs rest. What it meant is that God ceased from his labors. Creation was finished. So he ceased, stopped, if you will. And this is important to understand the establishment of the Sabbath day and the role of Christ as our Sabbath rest. God is using the example of his 
ceasing from labors or resting on the seventh day to establish the principle of the Sabbath day rest for his people. We looked at Exodus chapter 20 and also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, you notice that God has given the Israelites the fourth of his Ten Commandments. That's the context. They were to, quote, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Meaning one day out of every seven, they were to rest from their labors and give the same day of rest to their servants, to their animals. Notice it was not just a physical rest but a cessation of laboring. Whatever work they were engaged in was to stop for a full day every week. The point being, the Sabbath day was established so the people would rest from their labors only to begin again after a one-day rest. Now, here's the important part for our study today. There are various elements of the Sabbath when you read in the Old Testament, that points or symbolizes the coming of the Messiah who would provide a permanent rest for his people. And once again, the example of resting from our labors comes into play. It's symbolic. With the establishment of the Old Testament law, the Jews were constantly laboring to make themselves acceptable to God. What did they do? Well, they had ceremonial laws, temple laws, civil laws, and of course they couldn't possibly keep all those laws. And so God provided an array of sin offerings and sacrifices so they could come to him for forgiveness and have their fellowship restored. But this was only temporary, the Old Testament sacrifices. So they would do this, and then after the sacrifices, they would... Go back to work. But Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 tells us that the law can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, perfect those who draw near to worship. These sacrifices anticipated the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross, who after he had offered one sacrifices for sins forever, he sat down on the right of God, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says. So he performed the ultimate sacrifice for us. Then he sat down and rested. He ceased from his labor of atonement. There was nothing more to be done. And that means we no longer have to labor in law keeping in order to be justified in the sight of God. Jesus is that rest in God that has been provided for our salvation. And the Sabbath day rest, as you noticed, foreshadowing our complete rest in Christ, God sanctified it. He made it holy. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And here again, we see the symbol of Christ as our Sabbath rest, the holy, perfect Son of God, who sanctifies and makes holy all who believe in him. So Jesus can be our Sabbath rest also, because as the gospel teaches and as he taught, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Remember, the Pharisees wanted to criticize him for healing on the Sabbath. It's in the gospels, Mark chapter 2. And Jesus reminded them that even they, as sinful as they were, would not hesitate to pull a sheep out of a pit on the Sabbath. 
because he came to save and seek his sheep that would hear his voice. And he provided everything they needed because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, Jesus says, not man for the Sabbath. And Jesus was restating the principle that the Sabbath rest was instituted to relieve man of his labors, just as he came to relieve us of our attempting to achieve salvation by our works. So the point is, we no longer rest for just one day as Christians. We forever cease our laboring to obtain God's favor. Jesus is our rest from works. He is our door to heaven. We rest in him forever. Well, now you say, okay, I understand the concept that the ultimate rest is Jesus. He is our Sabbath rest. But I'm a little confused here, Randy. What day? Let's help you with that. The Word of God makes it clear, if you look in the Old Testament carefully, that the Sabbath observance was a special sign between God and Israel. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the Israelites forever, God says. Exodus chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses restates it. But he says the reason the Sabbath was given to Israel Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The point is, God's intent for giving the Sabbath to Israel was not that they would remember creation, but that they would remember that Egyptian slavery and the Lord's deliverance. What were the requirements for Sabbath keeping? A person placed under the Sabbath law could not leave his home on the Sabbath. He could not build a fire and he could not cause anyone else to work. A person breaking the Sabbath law was to be put to death under the old covenant. So that is pretty heavy. You can see that the Sabbath is especially developed and instituted as a sign between God and Israel. But now when you look at the New Testament, what do you see? Is the Sabbath day been changed from Saturday to Sunday? Well, I don't think that's the proper way to look at it, but one thing we can know for sure is that in the New Testament, Christians gathered not on the Sabbath day Saturday, you'll never find that, but on the first day of the week. Because of the resurrection, Jesus rose on the first day of the week. And that is very important, that we gather together in worship on the first day of the week. There is no obligation for New Testament believers to keep a Sabbath. And and, and again, that's why Paul writes in Colossians 2.16, Don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or regard to a religious festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath. The Jewish Sabbath, this is very important, was abolished at the cross where Christ, quote, canceled the written code with its regulations, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. This same idea is 
repeated more than once in the New Testament. One man considers one day more sacred than the other. Another man considers every day alike. Everyone should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. But now that you know God, or are rather knowing by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Don't be enslaved again. You're you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. The principle is, if you choose to worship on Saturday, you are free. If you choose instead to meet together on Sunday as the practice of New Testament Christians, that's fine too. Where it gets into legalism is when you try to demand that other Christians obey your day of worship or they're somehow damned to hell. Now that is where Romans 14 comes into play. You can't do that. It is wrong. The meeting day for Christians, of course, traditionally has been Sunday, and Sunday is very important. I'm not downplaying that. We should strive to meet together that day of rest physically, where we spend the day in worship and celebration of our Lord and Savior. Remember, the Sabbath was given to Israel, not the church. The Sabbath is still Saturday, not Sunday. It's never been changed. But the Sabbath is part of the Old Testament law. And Christians are free from the bondage of the law. Sabbath keeping is not required of the Christian, be it Saturday or Sunday. Again, as I've pointed out, the first day of the week, Sunday, the Lord's Day, celebrates Christ and his resurrection, the new creation. We are free to follow Jesus, not a certain day. We worship him every single day, not just Saturday or not just Sunday. So this today on the cross in the desert, we've taken a closer look at the fourth commandment and how it's played out in the life of the Christians. I hope it's been instructive to you. I hope it's helped you in your understanding. And I hope that you will find freedom in understanding that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. We find our true righteousness in him who perfectly kept God's law and became our sinless sacrifice and substitute on the cross. He is our perfect righteousness. I hope that helps you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the cross in the desert. Have an incredible week.